Well, Scott Harris's first trade deadline as the president of baseball operations for the Detroit Tigers is officially in the books. Uh, say whatever you want about it. We certainly will say a lot about it over the next 30, probably no chance it's under 30 minutes. But one thing it is, is memorable. Let's talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Wednesday, August 2nd, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks, and you could win up to a 100 times return of your money. Download the Sleeper app and use pro- promo code Locked On, and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today all righty well you know what we don't even we don't have to we don't have to do this welcome back everybody we don't have to do like the the i you know i i set up my shows right like i i have like an intro or something at the beginning that kind of sets up and and um yeah i guess set up really is the phrase i've already said it three times why not uh everything else that i'm going to talk about on the show I don't think we need to do that we don't need to beat around you know like we, we can just go right to it dog this was a failure this was a failure of a trade deadline, and, and that is very strongly my belief. Um, there's a few points that I want to make off-rip here before we get into the intricacies and the nitty-gritty and the details of why I think this was a failure, and we'll talk about all the different angles from the Erod situation. That certainly is why it is a failure in my eyes. Uh, but there's a few things I want everyone to keep in mind as we as we go and I'll tr- I'll probably say these at the end or maybe sprinkled in a few more times throughout the show um a few things one is that this is not a franchise altering like this is the biggest mistake in the history of the world okay and I am not saying that from a position of like talking down to someone or saying like hey don't be mad I'm unbelievably frustrated. You will see that in full display over the next 30, 35 minutes. Okay. Um, But at the end of the day, this is not at the end of the day. I'm not trying to minimize it either. This, this stinks. (laughs) This sucks. I'm upset. All right. Um, But my evaluation of what we would have gotten for Erod was I've made very public for the last month was like, oh, if we get a B and a C-level prospect or maybe a couple of B-level prospects, I think that's a win, okay? And I think that us not getting that injected into our system is not like some, oh my goodness, the Tigers aren't going to be good anymore now in a couple of years or have no chance of turning this thing around or or have took a huge step backwards because they didn't add one or two B-level prospects, Okay. That all being said, it is still a massive uh, fumbling of an opportunity. It, it, is a, it is a massive, massive, massive failure to execute on your assets 
when their value is at its best. And this brings me to another point I want people to remember. I am not upset inherently in a vacuum at the possibility of Eduardo Rodriguez being a Detroit Tiger for the next several seasons. There is always a spot in my rotation for someone who pitches like Erod. Uh, he fills the strike zone. He is a you know barrel mister. We talk about Erod the pitcher all the time on this show. I have zero issue with Erod being in this rotation for the foreseeable future. I have no problem with him as a pitcher on my baseball team. My issue is that we don't need, need, we can have it, I'll be pleased with it, but we don't need a middle rotation solid arm. Even if you think he's a two, not an ace, right? We don't need a two or a three in a rotation in his 30s right now. You know what we need? We need bats. This offense blows. I don't know if you're aware. <laughs> if you've been watching the Tigers over the last year and a half, this offense is dreadful. And I, and and rarely do I come on here and and really just like lay into to, to an entire like positional group or anything like that. This is in pretty much any stat, a bottom three offense. When it just comes to old-fashioned, how many runs have you scored, OPS, slugging percentage, you name it, they're toward the bottom of baseball in it. This offense does not score Major League Baseball runs. Okay? So I'm not mad. This frustration is not, oh, darn, Erod's going to be in my rotation for the next two months or the next, if they rework the contract, three years. My frustration is that you had a ticket. You had a meal ticket. You you took a bite into a big chocolate bar with a W on it and a golden ticket fell out and it said Wonka on it. And it was a great opportunity for you to cash that in and get something that you actually needed. You don't need pitching right now. You don't. Would it be nice to have? Absolutely. Erod's been great this year. Michael Lorenzen's been great this year. Trading them away would have made your starting rotation a lot thinner. It's already taken a huge hit with Lorenzen gone. Pitching is obviously important. But your pitching stats are not 29th, 30th, 29th, 28th, 29th, 30th in baseball. Your offensive stats are. This was an opportunity to take something that you didn't need. I feel like I'm in elementary school again and I and I'm in like social studies and I'm learning about wants and needs and the difference between them. And if you can give up a want for a need, you do it 10 times out of 10. That is my frustration. It's not with the fact that I think Erod sucks. Or, or that I'm mad that I'm going to watch, want, that I am going to watch him pitch once a week for the next two months at least. It's a failure to execute on an asset while you had it, and now you're probably not going to have it. And we can transition right into this. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez has a opt out. Very well aware everybody is at this point of that situation. 
And it's certainly not a guarantee that he's going to stay. It's not even close, actually, to a guarantee that he's going to stay. I would say that it's more likely he opts out. Now, whether that's opting out and the Tigers give him, you know, they restructure a deal and and the Tigers come back and, and give him a three-year deal where he gets a $3 million raise each year, right? Bump the, the price up nine, $10, 15000000 million over the next three or four years, then, then fine. But he's opting out. He's going to test the market. And the biggest issue I have, the, the, the biggest the biggest problem I have with this is that even if you do keep him long-term, I don't care. This is a failure. And it's going to sound a lot like the reasons I just laid out, right? It's it's essentially, well, not exactly, but it's close to the same argument. We'll talk about that right after I tell y'all about our friends over at Sleeper. Do you think a Tigers player can hit a home run off of the Pittsburgh Pirates tonight? Well, you're probably in the minority, but you can, you know, put your money where your mouth is. On Sleeper Daily Fantasy, you can swing for the fences with up to 100 times payout. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like and select the more or less on their stat categories like home runs, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. It's super fun. I've been using Sleeper as my fantasy app just for like my leagues for football and and uh, and baseball and whatnot for years now. And now that they're dipping their toes into the fantasy baseball game, it's a super nice transition and they're... Uh, their app is so easy to use and, and it's so convenient. I highly recommend it if that's what you're into. So use promo code Locked On and you will get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. All right, everybody. Welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. I appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Um, shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow recapping two baseball games. If you haven't figured it out, we're not talking about the Pirates game. Um, yeah, Matt Manning hasn't been good ever since I said he was turning a corner because obviously we can't have anything nice. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that more in depth tomorrow. Today, we're talking about all trade deadline. Um, so the reason that even if we keep, keep Erod, I'm still not thrilled and still think that this is a failure is for all of the points I just laid out. My priorities right now and my priorities, unfortunately for me, maybe fortunately for all of you don't mean squat to this organization clearly. Right. Um, but my priorities are bats. If I haven't made that abundantly clear and, and it's just, it's so like, okay, we keep them great. Fine. We have a really solid, you know, anchor in the rotation. Uh, he, he can give you innings, right? Even his injury this year, like, I, you know, it was kind of a freak, like, finger injury. It's not like his arm is dying or anything. Like, sure, you have a solid, somewhat reliable two or three in a rotation for the foreseeable future. Great. Or do you plan on winning every game three to two or two to one? Or one to nothing. Because at some point, 
It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And it's not like this team is is going to be able to, oh, like Erod's going to be here for the next 10 years and we're building our entire rotation around him. He's not an ace. He's not an ace. Why are we prioritizing a two or a three in a legitimate playoff rotation over the potential of getting bats? I feel like I'm losing it. I'm just, I... I, How, why are we here? Why are we having this conversation? How did we get here? You want to know how I got here? How I got to, to this show tonight? I, I We did the Twitter space, which was fantastic, by the way. I had a great time chatting with all of you, answering questions. We, we kind of bounced ideas off each other. It was very much a fun time. And, uh, and it lasted about two hours, and it was great. After that ended, I ate dinner while watching the Tigers. I went for a walk. It was a beautiful evening. Went for a walk to try to clear my mind and, and kind of formulate my thoughts because I just had a lot of frustration and my brain is, you know, full of anxiety and ADHD and <laughs> OCD and a lot of things, but it was bouncing all over the place. And I was trying to, to, to formulate thoughts and I came back from my walk and then stared at the ceiling for about an hour. It was just trying to grasp how we even ended up here. And now I'm on air and I don't even know if I know the answer. We had a comment from Harris and and like my, my show notes are just bullet points of like things that I noticed throughout the day or like, uh, like points that I, I, I knew I wanted to make. That's it. I just have a list of bullet points here. Um, Harris made a comment over the winter where he said, uh, he's not going to trade people for like nothing. He's like, I don't, I'm not going to trade people. I think he used the word scraps. Like I'm not going to trade people for scraps. Um, you will never convince me ever in a million years. And I'm very hard headed with this. Okay. You will never convince me that the Dodgers offer was like some great offer that we definitely wanted to accept in the next best offer was like a J.D. Martinez-esque package. (laughs) Or a Justin Upton-esque pick an Avila package. I don't care. Pick one. They all stunk. Not true. But like, you get what I'm saying. Most most of them stunk. (laughs) Like, there's no... You will never convince me of that. This was one of the best rental... Rental, he's opting out... Starting pitchers on the market. There's no way that your plan B was nothing. And that's my main frustration throughout this whole thing. I want to make this very, very clear as to, as well. And a lot of people have varying opinions on this. And I know that 100% of people aren't going to agree on me with it. But at the end of the day, this is this is how I feel about the, the E-Rod and, and the no trade clause situation. Okay. I do not think that this is a organization, sorry, opposite. I do not think that this is a, a player prevention story. I don't think that this is a story of a player preventing a good thing from happening. I think this is a massive organizational failure. That's the best way I can articulate it, dog. I don't view this. I do. Jeez, I can't even speak. I do 100% view this as an organizational failure and not a player prevention story. It's in the contract. Yeah. 
You can be mad all you want. You can talk about last season, you know, like dipping and whatever. I, sure, it's it's all justified. Sure. But at the end of the day, contractually, this is what both parties agreed to at the time. It's well within his right to do that. Now, that doesn't make it any less freaking weird. It's super weird. It makes no sense in my brain, but it doesn't need to make sense in my brain. It just needs to make sense in Eduardo Rodriguez's brain for the no trade clause to go through. You could never convince me not to move to LA for two months and chase a World Series. <laughs> I, I mean, golly, going to take a bigger man than me, certainly. I, I'd have waved it in a heartbeat, but I'm not a Major League Baseball player, never came close, never will be. And and to the, to the to the fairness, I had someone today, you know, talk about what it meant to be uh, to to not sugarcoat things. Okay, me not sugarcoating things is not just being super negative. I feel like that people. Oh, I'm I'm just going to tell you how it is. Telling it how it is is not just being super negative about everything. It's being honest about everything. This is how I feel about every single one of these details that happened today. And some of them are going to be in favor of the player. Some of them are going to be in favor of Scott Harris. And some of them are going to be very anti-Scott Harris. That, to me, is being is not sugarcoating everything and, and being blunt about it. Okay? So, like, to the fairness of Scott Harris... I'm frustrated with your deadline. I think it's a failure to the fairness of him. Players wave these all the time. So like the notion that like, oh, how did you like not have any communication with Erod? A, I'm almost positive they did. B, go look at like any trade that happens pretty much ever. Like seriously, like if you reach free agency and you're like a prominent free agent, you're getting some sort of modified NTC. Some sort of modified no trade clause, whether it's 10 teams, five teams, 30 teams full out, it doesn't matter. Almost all of them have it in at deadlines. Almost all of them waive it. I, the, the percentage has to be above 90. I'm so confident. It has to be above 90%. You know how many teams just go, Hey man, like we suck. Uh, if you want to go play for a winner, if you waive this, we'll even throw in an extra 50 K like, you know how many teams do that? All of them. All of them. It happens a million times every deadline and every December and winter meetings. So like this this, this notion that like, oh, well, I'm just frustrated about everything, clearly. <laughs> Anybody can get it, I guess. Like I, I, I just, this is such a catastrophic I guess I started the show by saying it's not catastrophic. I'm getting very worked up very easily. I think that the notion that this front office just like blindly was like, oh, why would you even operate? Or why would you even work with the Dodgers knowing that it was on his list? It's, I'm not upset that they worked out a deal with the Dodgers. Teams do that all the time. Literally, Justin Verlander waived his no-trade clause to get traded. Lance Lynn, except like, pick a name. It happens literally all the time. People waive them daily. My frustration 
is that there was somehow no plan B. You get paid a boatload of money to run this team. There are 30 people in the world with your job, big, big dog, right? 30. You can't even fill a high school classroom with the amount of people that have this title and that run baseball teams, right? It is your job to have a plan B and to go, you know what? We know, we see, it's on our whiteboard. Look, Dodgers, no trade clause team. It's right there. If this happens, what is our fallback option? What's the next best thing we can do? And that's the action you take. And you will never convince me that the next best option was absolutely nothing. And just like, well, we'll try to re-sign him now. That is a massive failure of taking advantage of the market and the asset that you had. Had. Because honestly, I think he's gone. <laughs> I, I I just, I don't think 20 million to a, to a number two or three rotation starter in December is going to be on this team's priority list. Nor should it be. <laughs> so here we are. Let's talk about uh, Marg's Sparkling Margaritas, and then we'll get back into this conversation, all right? You guys know that I love a good drink. I'm, I'm going to need one after tonight. Um, and, you know, I've been trying to find a replacement to the typical White Claws and High Noons of the world that everybody drinks. Thank goodness I stumbled upon Marg's Sparkling Margaritas. They have five unique flavors. So there's something for everyone to try. There's real Blanco tequila. They're clean, crisp, and they're so, so good. I love these the most when kicking back after work, watching a game, or just hanging out with friends. I've been packing my cooler with them all summer. I will continue to do so for the rest of summer because it's not over yet. And, uh, you know, this fall, when summer does end, I'll be stuffing my cooler with Marg's for tailgate season. I cannot wait. They're the drink of the summer. They're going to be the drink of the fall. So visit SipMargs.com to find a retailer near you to get yours today. S-I-P-M-A-R-G-S.com to find a retailer near you. You must be 21 and over to enjoy. Cheers, and please drink responsibly. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked on Tigers. If I have really just screwed up my audio and I'm just yelling and you're like, oh my goodness, my ears suck or my speakers are like blown out, I greatly apologize. A um, lot, of, lot of emotion on today's show. Um, what else do I have in my bullet points here? We're going to get to the Michael Lorenzen deal as well. Um, as far as Erod, I mean, the only other thing I really have left to say and just like really doubling down on my point, that there's no way there wasn't some sort of offer out there is I understand the logic of, like we said earlier, like Harris made that quote in December about like, I'm not just going to trade people for nothing. The only, I don't even know if I call it legitimate, but the only semblance of an argument I have seen for not trading Cisnero, Shreve, Erod is uh, to hold your ground in negotiations so that in future negotiations, then other GMs will look at you and be like, oh, well, when this dude says, if you don't trade, make this trade, we're going to hold on to him. He means it. Because look, last deadline, he held on to literally everyone. Um, if if you were genuinely, if the next best offer for Eduardo Rodriguez was legitimately um, 
you know, I, I know a couple of people threw out the name just like Dewell Lugo. Uh, and I don't mean to just like harp on this poor dude for the rest of his life. But um, if your next best offer was genuinely like a dude that is like a D-level prospect that will never even sniff the major leagues, then there is some semblance to that. I just, again, refuse to believe that. There's no way. And and you waited. You waited until the last second so that you could have the best starting pitcher on the market at any point. Once Verlander was gone, once Scherzer was gone, you know, go down the list. Lance Lynn, I guess you want to make that argument, whatever. You at one point got, to, you, you got your wish. You got to the point where you had objectively the best starting pitcher that was a rental, maybe even just total in general on the market. Dylan Cease, eh, probably. You had the best rental on the market at your hands. And you couldn't pivot. You had an hour. You couldn't pivot. You didn't have any fallback option. It was, well, the Dodgers is out the window. Guess we're, uh, guess we're, you know, OL. <laughs> guess we're out of luck. I just don't believe that. Also, this was clearly not the plan. You wanted to trade him. You worked out a deal. This media tour that we're going on, where we're talking in the middle of a Pirates game that we're getting blanked in, uh, is is also just as ridiculous to me. This like, oh, well, you know, we have Erod and uh, we're, we're, we're pretty fine with it. And it's uh, we're, we're happy that he's still here. He's one of the best left-handed pitchers in baseball. And, uh, you know, he's going to help us win ballgames over the next two months. A, you've done nothing to prove that you prioritize winning baseball games over the next two months. Literally nothing. You traded your second best starter. That's <laughs> don't stop. OK, um, but also the the. The, oh, well, we're happy to have him. You tried to trade him. You wanted him not here. Just be honest. <laughs> I'm just, uh, after eight years of Alavila talk, and I'm not, I'm truly, I want to make this very clear. I'm not comparing these two GMs. Like Scott Harris has, for me, a long way to go until this dude is just like Alavila. Okay. And it, this is not. I've said it a million times already. This is not us not getting a B-level prospect or two for Erod is not the end of the organization. We're going to be all for, for the next decade. Like the return was not going to alter the, the single-handedly alter the direction of the franchise as is. I want to make that very clear, but like this, it, it, that's just preposterous to me to just like go around and give like the GM speak answer of like, well, we're happy to have him. It wasn't your plan to have him. What? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want him here any more as we do currently. What are you talking about? Golly. Um, the bullpen stuff we've already talked about. The market was great. Oh, it was great. It was so great. Look at what Jack Flaherty got. Go look at, actually, don't look at what he got first. Look at what Jack Flaherty got uh, or what his stats are this year, then look at Eduardo Rodriguez's stats this year, then look at what Jack Flaherty got. You do that, okay? You do that and get back to me about, well, the next best offer might have just been garbage, dude. Right. Right. Yeah. 
because Jack Flaherty for like a prospect that I am literally in love with for the Baltimore Orioles. Definitely. Yeah. He's having a good year. Right. <laughs> Man. No creativity. That's what we'll end on with the Erod discussion before we get into the Michael Lorenzen trade that I actually do like. Um, no creativity. Zero. I mean, barely really much of anything. You just, it's hard to have creativity when you don't make any moves. You made two. One of them was for cash. So you like you traded one guy. And it's just there, there, there was no creativity. There was no... Jose Cisnero and Chase and Shreve, I, I, you know, thank you for your service. Why are you on my baseball team? I, <laughs> like, and again, like, not that you would have gotten some great return. Like, you know, the the guys you would have gotten for that would have been huge projects and probably wouldn't have been impact players at the major league level. I'm not trying to convince you that we would have gotten anything for them. But like, why are they here? No, there was no attaching a reliever. Onto you know like Lorenzen to get more. There was no attaching reliever onto Erod. Certainly, there was no attaching a reliever. Period. We didn't trade any relievers. We had rental relievers. We had team control relievers. We had a, a market that was paying well for relievers. We held on to everybody, baby. The 2023 bullpen is our priority. We're 13 games under 500. You best believe it. So that makes no sense to me. Um, but the market was there. The market was there. And there was no creativity on the offense. I mean, again, like I don't need to go through and be like, oh, well, we kept Jake Rogers and we kept Akuba Du and we didn't trade so-and-so. Like, we didn't trade anyone except Michael Lorenzen. We, we traded one person. You know. Yeah, I, I don't have to, I don't have to explain. Like you you are well aware, just as well as we all are. Okay. Is that it? I think that's it for the Erod thing. Um, that all being said, last half hour, all being said, still stand by it, still believe it. Um, frustration still very real. I still think this is a failure of a deadline. If I were to give a pass-fail grade, uh, it would be a fail. That being said, I failed a lot of tests in school. And we'll end on a little bit of a lighter note. Because even though I failed a lot of tests in school, I didn't get 0% on any. You can still get questions right and fail a test. And I, I think that that is what we have here in the Michael Lorenzen trade. I think it's really hard to be upset at this trade in a vacuum. If you want to talk about, look, our overall return was just this guy, then like maybe. But um, I I really like this deal, to be completely honest with you. I, I think that this is a good value. The Tigers trade Michael Lorenzen to the Philadelphia Phillies for how you Lee, I believe is how you pronounce it. Um, if it's not, obviously, no disrespect intended. I uh, I, I just am not familiar with uh, the pronunciation yet. Um, but this is a this is a gamer. Um, all, by all accounts, is like a total like for whatever this is worth to you, like Jim Rat that wants to get better. Um, a lot of people ha- said the same thing about uh, one Riley Green. Certainly, I'm not about to compare this guy to Riley Green. He's not going to be as good as Riley Green. Not my point. But just in the mentality of, you know, like constantly in the gym trying to get better and whatnot, that is something that a lot of people pointed out about him uh, when he was young and coming through the minors as well. So that's nice to see. Um, but, yeah, this is uh, – uh, he, he is profiled as a second baseman currently. But a lot of people have 
mentioned that he has played short. He's played third. He has good hands, right? So the hands are not the problem. The, the, the not even really a problem, but the, the, the place of development defensively is all footwork. And he actually worked with, I'm pretty sure Rahelio, um, and, uh, and Chris Brown of Motor City Metrics had said that he was working with uh, with Adam Everett, Tigers legend there. Adam Everett, for, for those who don't know, is like legitimately one of the most underrated defenders ever. Like if you ask any former player that like played with Adam Everett or against Adam Everett, like a lot of people are like, it's the best defender I've ever seen in my life. Like genuinely, like that's a real quote from like former players. So um, has been working with him uh, about he's one of the coaches in the Phillies organization. Uh, with uh, trying to in- improve footwork defensively. So we'll see long-term. I don't think he'll be a shortstop, um, but I-, I think he probably is a second baseman, but um, we'll see. He's definitely going to get a lot of looks at third and probably short at that level in the minors as well. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but the big thing here is you're getting, you're getting the profile of the bat. This is a dude that has really solid walk numbers, pretty low strikeout numbers as well. Uh, this year in high single A, he has a 10.2% walk rate and 18.6% K rate. That is very, very solid on both fronts. Um, and yeah, I mean, last year had a 12% walk rate in single A. So in, in almost 70 games and also a K rate under 19%. So uh, yeah, really solid uh, there. The, the big question is going to be, does uh, is there going to be an uptick in power? Currently his sluggy percentage is 401 in high single A. Um you know, he, he had a hand injury. I think he fractured his hand, actually, um, which is definitely a big, uh, you know, that, that'll that kill the power real quick. So once that, you know, we'll give him the winter to recover uh, with that and, and see if he can maybe grow into his power a little boy. He's got the frame for it. This isn't like some like five foot six or seven, like really, you know, like doesn't weigh very much kind of guy that, that doesn't have the muscle to have like uh, home run power. Like he has the frame to, to project power. And a lot of scouts just all around have said they expect him to kind of have an up. Not that he's ever going to be like some 25 home run guy or anything, but a lot of people think that he, he is going to have an uptick in power and still has room to grow there. Um, the, the swing kind of calls for it as well. He's really good at just getting good contact. And if he can grow into the frame a little bit more, then uh, that could be a thing. He's 20 years old. Like I said, currently in high single A. He's got a cool story. Uh, came out of Taiwan, was an international free agent at 18 out of Taiwan. Um, Taiwan in the international tournaments, like the World Baseball Classic and whatnot, uh, is uh, is Chinese Taipei for political reasons that we're not about to get into. Um, but uh, so it's cool to see someone from that baseball scene kind of, uh, you know, come over here and, and has the chance to be super successful. Everybody raves about his work ethic, like I said, but you're, you're getting a very on-brand profile for this front office is really what, like, this is, this is very much a Scott Harris and a, and a 2023 Detroit Tigers guy, right? Like this is, if he fits the bill to AT, I'm not sure there's really a player out there that fits the bill any more than maybe him and honestly, Justin Henry Malloy. Um, so Really, really solid approach. Hits the ball all over the yard. Um, I mean, 283 average with an OBP that is, again, 100 points higher than his average because he walks so much. Um, like, this is this is a really solid approach, and uh, it's just going to be a matter of whether he can grow into – not even – I don't want to say grow, but whether his, uh, his frame and whether his approach will – his approach will grow into more power down the road. So – that's kind of the quick rundown on him. Um, I was asked some questions just organizationally uh, about like 
hey, the fact that this guy plays second base, we have a lot of second basemen right now. What does that mean for the future of the second base position? You know, and uh, you, you have to realize that like, that's just not how organizations operate. No organization is going to be like, well, we think we have the future of this position in this one guy. So we're just not going to address it or bring in any other talent that play that position. First off, he plays three other positions like we talked about, but um, like, you're not going to be like, Oh, like we're going to put all of our cookies in the Jace young jar. And if it doesn't work out, then like, we're just like hosed, right? You can't do that. Organizational depth is very, very important. Look at the, the Orioles. They have like 97 top shortstop prospects, right? And like they can move around and play other positions and like they will. And the biggest thing, the biggest reason, even ahead of the point I just mentioned, this team needs, let me know if you've heard this before, people that can hit major league baseballs. Okay. So if he can do that, they will find a spot for him. I promise. And if him and Jace Young can do that, they will find a spot for both of them. I promise. Right. Like that, that will iron itself out. It'll work itself out. Uh, even if it looks choppy right now on August 2nd of 2023, not all of these dudes are going to turn out. That's just objectively true. Right. No, I mean, it, it, like it doesn't happen. That's just not how baseball works. Um, and, and even if they do, they'll move players around the infield or around the field period. And maybe, you know, Jace Young isn't really a, a great defender. Maybe you move him to right field or something. I have no idea. I don't know what the future looks like defensively for those guys. Colt Keith included in there. Not necessarily a guaranteed second baseman, certainly. They're trying to figure out where he's going to play long-term. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. I would worry about his progression as a hitter. I wouldn't worry too much about, um, like, oh, where is he going to play long-term? They'll find a spot for him if he hits. Um, currently in high single A, he's going to start off in high single A with the Tigers, go to West Michigan. And then uh, I would imagine next year, probably is uh, on the hook to go to the Erie Seawolves relatively quickly. Um, one more move that was made, the Tigers for cash from the Dodgers, oddly enough, uh, acquire Eddie's Leonard in a trade. Again, believe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but if I'm not, no disrespect. Uh, this is the number 14 prospect as far as the Dodgers farm goes. He's been hitting decently well this year. Well, I mean, we'll see. Uh I, I think he got DFA'd by the Dodgers. I think that the, when they were acquiring a bunch of players, you know, they were doing uh, their, their trades with the Guardians and the Red Sox and whatnot for uh, Hernandez and et cetera. Um, they just needed 40-man roster space. And this guy, unfortunately, um, unfortunately for the Dodgers, hopefully, fortunately for the Detroit Tigers. Um, but yeah, he was 14th for the Dodgers. I would imagine he'll be a, maybe a little bit higher for, I mean, they certainly have a much better farm rank than, than we do. So I'd imagine it's a little bit higher, but like, this isn't going to be a guy that's like, Oh, this look, he's a top five prospect for the Tigers. He was traded for cash at the end of the day. Um, so we'll see what happens. Not really a groundbreaking thing, but we'll keep an eye on him. Like I said, he he's hit pretty well at a couple of different stops. Um, there's still some, some pretty big question marks about how the bat translates as he gets to the higher levels of, uh, uh I mean, he's going to go to triple a right now, but the higher levels being major league baseball. Um, so uh, we'll see how that translates, but he's going to Toledo. It sounds like uh, immediately. So we'll get, uh, we'll get a pretty good look at him pretty soon here. Um, I want to know if there's anything else. Let me go through my bullet points really quickly, but that might be it. Failure. <laughs> this is literally my bullet points. Failure, creativity. Relievers are still here. Like, <laughs> Just very, very, very frustrating and, and, and confusing. Um, thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. 
I appreciate all of you. I appreciate all of you greatly. Um, we all want the same thing. We all want the same thing. We all just want this team to be good again, dog. I just, I, I, it's been a long time. Uh, it's not going to end this year. I'd imagine the plan is not for us to be like uber competitive next year. It's, it's, you know, again, I, I don't blame anyone and or, or tell anyone how to be a fan. If it's, you know what, this sucks. Screw this. I'm, I'm not watching this team anymore. That's, that's your own, your own right. I don't blame anybody, but, uh, for those who do stick around, I will be here. I will. Um, whether that's a fault of mine or, uh, or I don't know, uh, a, a pro, I'm not sure some days, but, um, I will, I will be here through, through it all and through the rest of it. So, um, like I said at the beginning, this is not, uh, the worst thing to ever happen to the Tigers. I think of five Alavila trades that did happen and two Alavila trades that should have happened and didn't off the top of my head that are significantly worse to the direction of the Detroit Tigers franchise than the Tigers not trading Erod, but um, for an audition tape for Scott Harris of a first deadline, rough start, rough start. All right. I really do love y'all. Thank you all for everybody who came out and was a part of the Twitter space. Thank you to everyone who continues to support the show. Sorry. This is such a long episode. I feel like it's kind of justified for today. Um, I'll still probably get yelled at by somebody about it, but um, couldn't help myself today. Don't really feel bad about this one being uh, being in the whatever. It's going to be 45 minutes long. So I think that's all I got. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope. We'll be back tomorrow. Recapping two games against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Talking about any news that has come out about the trade deadline. Certainly um, we'll be back tomorrow. Love you. Love y'all and uh, go Tigers, baby.